Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanmala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Anybody? Uh, over here. Hi. Hi. Um, there's some talk in the quantum physics community or whatever, uh, for, for really some years now, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, that consciousness is non-local. And that we are more like satellite dishes and it's about, you know, your thoughts or absence thereof would be more about like tuning into a different channel, so to speak, almost like a radio. Like you could tune to the channel of love or, or you know, or you could get caught in some just train of thought that is just in the vicinity or just happens to you know, tune in or something, and then you could choose to maybe change it if you're able, or I don't know. What, do you, have you have you heard anything about that? Or I was just curious if um, that resonates or anything like that. Well, <clears throat> Ramana Maharshi, who is one of the greatest saints that ever lived, said that, <clears throat> like you say, consciousness is everywhere all the time. But there's a one spot in the body where we connect to it. It's called the hridayam, or the spiritual heart. It's not the heart chakra, he says. It's, it's on the other side, he says. I don't say because I don't know. So that's what he said. And there's like a, a little kind of thing that connects us to the universal consciousness. And that, the seed of that consciousness is here. And when the body dies, that connection obviously dies with it. The body is no longer connected to consciousness. It's just what it usually is, as an inert, the light goes off. The light was not in there. It wasn't coming from the body. It was coming from the connection to the light, so to speak. That's what he says. That's beautiful. And he says that's the seat of the self. That's where the Atma the connection to the Paramatma, the Supreme Being, this individual connection is there through that spot. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. There's one over here. Why are you sitting out there? No? Okay. Yeah, watch the mic, uh, the speaker, yeah. 
Hi. Um, I asked you a couple questions yesterday. Um, Good. And I gave I you. Remember. I, it's okay. Again. I gave you a high five on the beach because you had 42 years of sobriety. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, instead of asking you um, about about that, I asked you other questions. Okay. And right. it was just kind of. I was curious to hear about your experience with your sobriety and like the longevity that you have there with that and your relationship. To... I don't think of myself as sober. Okay. Yeah, I just want to hear it because I'm I'm going to be coming up on 12 years. Yeah, good. And I don't really, my relationship with it has changed over mm -hmm. the years. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, I was like <clears throat> proud of it. And now it's just become part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I'd ask you. Sure. When I say I don't think of myself as sober, in other words, it's not a way I identify myself in that way. But in fact, I am sober, very sober sober and boring for many years and uh, sometime in the 80s I was uh, strung out on free base cocaine for about a year and a half and I was going down there was no possibility I was going to make it and my Indian father Mr. Tiwari he came to America to visit Maharaj's devotees here and uh, he first came to Canada, and uh, I flew to New York from California, where I was living, and I stayed up all night smoking freebase. And in the morning, I got on a plane to go see him up in Canada. And uh, when I walked into the room, he was sitting on the other side of the room with his back towards the door, okay? So I walked into the room and I kind of went, and I really, I was starting to back out of the room. I don't, I, I don't know why, but I just felt this like, and I just started to back out of the room and he turned and he said, you promise me now you will give up cocaine, promise me now, like that. Now, I loved this guy more than anything, he'd been, my best friend, my teacher, he kept me alive after Maharaji left the body, his, he and his family. And there was no way I was not going to do what he asked me to do. So I didn't really have a choice. I just said, okay. And that was it. From that moment to this moment, nothing. It was grace. It was grace and it was his love for me and his uh, spiritual power because he was a great yogi. So it was his blessing to me. From that moment, a pile of shit and a pile of cocaine, I really couldn't tell which one was better. So he actually, if, if completely honestly, if I had to fight with my desire for drugs, I would have lost. That's the deal. That's the way I was made. If it had been up to me every day to fight that desire, I couldn't have done it. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm being honest with you. So I have such respect and honor so much people who really do have to work with that every day and do work with it whether they're successful every day or not 
It's a fierce battle for survival. And it's very difficult. And truly, I don't think anybody can do it on their own. I think if a person is doing it, it's coming out of some kind of spiritual strength, inner strength, which is not ego-based, which is not based in the separate self. It's based in the real self. And that real self, your own self, your own true nature is strengthening you to, to, to fight that battle. Okay? Yeah, but what was taken from me at that moment, until this moment, was the desire for cocaine. It was gone. Don't, I can't say I let go of it. I didn't let go of it. It was taken from me. And so, we're here today. Otherwise, it wasn't going to be long before I'd kill myself. Hi. Where are you? I'm over here. Hi. So I have um, seen you together with Sharon Salzberg, who I absolutely love. Keep the mic by your mouth, please. I've seen you with Sharon Salzberg, who I absolutely love, and I listen to a lot of Ram Dass's programs and his podcasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you all studied under the same guru. Not true. No? Is that no, Sharon never met Maharaji. Oh, okay. But now Sharon, she meditates all the time, and you know I love her meditations. Do you meditate, or do you use chant as a way of meditating? Is that your meditation? Like I've never seen, I've never heard you talk about actually sitting I've quietly. Done, I've done a lot of practices over the years, a lot of practices. I've meditated with Tibetan Rinpoches. I've meditated with Theravadan Buddhist teachers. I've done Sufi dancing. I have some Christian chants, but what I do mostly is, is, is the repetition of the name. But that's what you use for your form of, of, of practice or meditation. That's how you connect. Like Sharon does meta, you know, that her... Sharon does a lot of things too. Yeah, right? So, but I don't... Like, you know, yeah, she... chanting is meditation. Okay. What else would it be? There's TV and there's chanting. They're not the same. <laughs> Probably. Unless you're watching chanting on the TV, then that's, that's meditation. Hearing the name is meditation. Chanting the name is meditation. Thinking about the name is meditation. Anything that has the name in it is the name remembering you in the first place. So it is meditation. It, many different types of meditation. Many different types. Because there are many different kinds of people. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. And when you don't, you can't be a nut. So you have to do something else. <clears throat> so that's the deal. It is meditation, death, most definitely meditation. But there are many different uh, ways to meditate, just like there are different people, different kinds of people. So the 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever people, you know, how I can't hear you want. louder. So the 20 minutes or the 30 minutes meditation that some people sit on the mat and do silently or, or guided or however that is. Is that something you would do like 20 minutes or 40 minutes a day? How about just a really good five minutes, you know? Anything more than that gets scary. <laughs> then you start to think, oh, okay, I'm going to sit here. 
you're not paying attention. Give it a good three minutes. Don't worry about what I do, but you. Give it a good one minute, and then go have a cup of coffee and come back and do another good minute. One good minute is worth like 500 hours of nonsense. Is that true? Just, you know, I always thought it was about so. the discipline of like actually just sitting there and ignoring the fact that you're saying, get up. You don't really want to do That's it. just a like, thought, isn't it? Yeah, so I thought, yeah. Unless the house is burning, sit your ass down, don't get up. Right. That's... And then just, I mean, just doing that is so ridiculous. How many people do that? Nobody, because the minute you sit down, whoosh, you're facing everything, everything. That's when you start, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to sit there and just remember to just like, okay, just watch your breath. You don't have to try anything too hard. Don't try to make anything happen. It already happened. They called it the Big Bang. We're here. How amazing is that? Let's just be here. But we can't, so we do some practice. Don't try too hard. Just keep letting go. How can you let go if you're trying too hard? Okay, we're going to let go now. Uh, oh, no. Okay. It doesn't work that way. You let go. You relax. Well, if I, if, if I met you, you know, 25 years ago, my mornings would be Anything a lot easier. <laughs> I, I really prefer chanting over sitting on the mat for, for the half hour. It's easier. No time is wasted. No time is wasted. Start now. You're not, it's, you're not starting, but you're, you're learning. You might be, you, you yourself are asking the question, so you're ready to, you're feeling the need for something deeper, so it'll come. It's already come, and you're feeling it. So now follow that feeling. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. 25 years ago, you weren't, you weren't asking these questions. You weren't, you, you weren't in touch with the longing to, to be here. Can't hear you, sorry. Where's, it's enough. Um, your story that you share mm-hmm. is filled with is is filled with moments of of such grace in receiving yeah. and the devotion um, that I think I hear it has allowed you to develop has been supported in satsang in, in many different ways. Mr. Tawari showing up at the right time and so on. My question has to do with how to keep the faith, how to keep the devotional aspect to the practice and to, you know, for lack of a better word, keeping your eye on the prize in terms of focus. Um, When the messengers might not be as absolutely um, astounding as maybe some of yours may have been, given that 
a message could come anywhere, anytime from anyone or thing. Yeah. My question is, can you share with us how to keep that connection, how to keep that devotional aspect um, in an everyday world without, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, that's my question. Well, first of all, cherish it and recognize it and appreciate what you do feel in this kind of a world, in this kind of situation. The fact that you're here, the fact that you asked that question, that's something to cherish inside yourself, in yourself, that you, you want that. And the longing for that means that it's already, you're being pulled towards it already. So it's up to you to find what, what helps you live more of that kind of life. You don't need someone to show up and bang you on the head with something. We do enough banging ourselves. Everybody has their own storyline. People say, oh, you're so lucky to be with Maharaji. I say, well, we were the people who weren't going to make it. You know, maybe the darkness isn't so intense for you. You don't need that right now. And so if you don't need it, you won't get it. We only get what we need. Because the underlying logic or agenda of the universe is compassion. And so everything in our lives is there because it's supposed to be there. And whatever messages those our life has for us is what we need to work with. So don't be looking for something to come from the outside. See what you have now and nurture it, cherish it. It's a little plant, water it, feed it, fertilize it. Don't let the dog piss on it. You know, take care of yourself. Hi. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com. K R I S H N A D A S. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.